It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Now the season is only days away and we are ready to go are the 13 teams in the Big Ten. This is the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle Charters here with Drew Charters. We'll bring in Chris Webb, the publisher of 10innings.com, the dean of Big Ten baseball coverage to help us break down the biggest storylines of 2020. Drew, it was a good debut of the podcast last week. I know you've been a busy guy. Yes. And adding some duties here this spring, coach a little t-ball. Oh, I am, yes. I uh, I have, I have three-year-old twins at home uh, uh, in backyard t-ball. It's pretty obvious that uh, I hope one, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> one is going to be better than the other one. Our top subscribers to the podcast are your three-year-old twins. Um. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm going to coach their first ever t-ball team. I wasn't going to do it at first. I thought about it a couple weeks and said, you know what? If we're going to be the best, which I expect nothing less, <laughs> I need to step in and coach here. So I signed up. I'm ready to roll. Uh, and we'll see how the season goes. <laughs> I saw you had on Twitter the video. Uh, one of them. Who, which one was it? Taking Chloe. hacks. Chloe. Chloe. Chloe's the better one. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> they haven't even played yet. How do you know? Uh, we've been practicing. Maybe, uh, maybe Claire's uh, defense defense well, wins maybe, too. Maybe you got to get her a vacuum just, over there at shortstop. Yeah, you got to get her coached up a little bit on the t-ball. Yeah, I saw Chloe taking hacks. She looked pretty good. Bat speed's up there, man. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm sure we'll have t-ball updates uh, throughout the podcast <laughs> for this spring as well. But mostly, we'll focus. On Big Ten baseball, Drew, and I, I feel like this season could be a really good one. I mean, it was last year, as it turned out. It was good anyway, and then Michigan just capped it all off for us. But I feel like the depth of the league even could be a little bit better this year. And look, you get national recognition now for the league. We'll talk to Chris Webb about that also and, and get his breakdown of a bunch of the teams in the league. So we'll do that with Chris. But I, I, I think you can sort of, like, set levels, right? Tier the teams in the Big Ten as we get started. Mm-hmm. And if we would have done this last year, we would have been wrong. Uh, so we'll do it now, and we <laughs> inevitably will be wrong. But that's, you know, what is the great thing about sports, right, is that, you know, you try to project these things out, and 90% of the time, at least for us, maybe 95% of the time, you're wrong. But as we look at things right now on the eve of the season, I, I put these in basically four tiers. We'll call them one, two, three, and the rest. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State appear to be the, the two teams that should be the best two teams, as we said here right now, in the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you take a look at Michigan making it to the College World Series championship game. They 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 Not only did they put the Big Ten on the map kind of here, but they took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. proving the Big Ten teams can compete at that level. And that's important for, for all of these teams. And Michigan, no doubt, will be back or close to that position. They they lose some important uh, members now. They they lost Jordan Brewer, Carl Kaufman, and Tommy Henry are gone. Yeah. Uh, but Jeff Criswell will be back. He was great last year. Excellent. Sort of like the, the, the secret weapon, you know, that yeah. Michigan had behind the two powers in Kaufman and Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Franklin's back, but he will start the season injured. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Wogu is back. So a nice nucleus there uh, for Michigan, in addition to some newcomers who will obviously come up and, and be good. We'll, 
will lead the way again this season for the Wolverines. And Ohio State and its pitching staff, that weekend rotation that was good, a little bit up and down last year, but, man, those are good young arms and now experienced arms. <laughs> on, our, on our morning show, we yell at each other about youth versus experience. Uh, these guys <laughs> are both young and now uh, still experienced for the Buckeyes. And that second tier, I, I throw in Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa. And I don't think each one of these teams is built the same, but each one of them has talent but a lot of questions. Illinois, Indiana filling in just, what are they? I, I don't know the numbers here, but it feels like like 85% of all their production for Illinois and Indiana you have to replace. But those two programs have been solid here for a number of years, and you feel like they'll be able to replace that. For Minnesota, you know, it was the team that we were talking about at this time last year as being that Tier 1 team, and it didn't come together and, you know, had some injuries and some guys who didn't live up to their billing, had to, you know, find a place for for Max Meyer. Is he closer still? Does he move back into the rotation? Um, so you had all of that. And then Iowa, too, with the injury situations last year and, and just missing so many guys for periods of time. But I throw those four teams in there together, Te- teams that I think could compete, and maybe they would jump ahead there and beat one of those two for a championship. But I, I-, I think that you have to be intrigued by that foursome. Yeah, I sort of bunch within that Tier 2 group, I sort of bunch Indiana and Illinois together because they lost so much mm-hmm. uh, out of the team from last year. You're going each tier of those teams. within a tier. Yeah, tier within a tier, sub-tier. Okay. Sub-tier. <laughs> and, and Illinois lost, you know, their infielders. Uh, Brandon Comia is obviously back, but um, yeah. the, the other one's gone there. And then Minnesota and Iowa are two teams in that tier that are relying heavily on their pitching uh, with Max Meyer and Sam Thorson and Patrick Fredrickson for Minnesota and Grant Judkins, uh, Jack Dreyer. Can Dreyer come back after missing most of last season mm-hmm. due to injury? Can he come back and, and be in that weekend rotation along with Grant Judkins to lead the Hawkeyes uh, to something this year? I think that's an interesting uh, component. Tier 3, we're going Maryland and Nebraska. No, Nebraska, you know, with Will Bolt as the new coach, but, man, they're, they're talented. Uh, I think they're deep. I think you got to put them in there. And then Maryland's with the offense that the Terps. Now, I, I don't know about the pitching. Maybe they're going to be better than what I know. I just don't know. But you've got to get enough pitching there, but that offense will be good. Yeah, Maryland brings in the 21st best recruiting class in the nation. It's Big Ten's top recruiting class. It's sort of an unknown because there are going to be a lot of guys, young and inexperienced, that, that play <laughs> this year for Maryland. So it's kind of a question mark on how those guys are going to develop into Big Ten uh, baseball uh, from high school, um, but they've got a good uh, uh, core with Bednar and, and Costas in there mm-hmm. uh, in the offense. And then Nebraska, same thing, question marks. You know, Will Bolt, uh, he takes over for Erstad, uh, former Nebraska player. He's had some College World Series experience. Uh, how does he do taking over the helm for this uh, Cornhusker team uh, that'll be an entirely new pitching staff? I didn't know this reading up to this prep. Spencer Schwellenbach is a pitcher, too? He missed last season due to injury. He was a solid uh, infielder for them last year, young. Uh, we'll see if he gets on the mound this year and see how well he does. Young and inexperienced. <laughs> right. The theme. Can we, can we not do theme. that? We, we just argue about this all the time, including this morning. <laughs> can we not make show? it a theme on, our, on the podcast as well? Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, so I called the others instead of – I thought Tier 4 sounded bad. 
So let's just call them the rest. Which sounds worse? They're poor the rest. They're both not great, Kyle. (laughs) Northwestern, Purdue, Rutgers, Michigan State, Penn State. Teams I just don't know enough about, including Purdue, which we cover closely. I'll be on the road trip uh, down to Florida with the Boilermakers this weekend as they open against Hofstra, actually as the home team. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying these teams won't make the Big Ten tournament or won't make noise. I just don't know. I feel like there are more questions about this group of five than there are the rest of the teams. Yeah, I think specifically talking about Purdue, I think that their pitching staff could carry them a little bit, um, but they could not. You know, it's just it's just a question mark with with uh, if they're gonna you know the, if they're gonna come back healthy. Uh, lots of injuries for the pitching staff last year for Purdue. Uh, mm-hmm. If they can come back all healthy, they can they could do great things there. They they like Jet Jackson. Uh, a freshman uh, there in West Lafayette. Uh, and then you go down the list, Northwestern lost Jack Dunn, uh, who was you know a centerpiece for that team for so many years. Uh, Rutgers has a new coach. Michigan State just struggles last year, and not much doesn't look like at least changing uh, uh, this year for them. Maybe then, we, th- we thought good of Michigan State at the start of last year, and then they just got off to such a bad start. And maybe we're overlooking them now, and they'll, you know, maybe – you know, nobody paying attention. Maybe they play better. I don't know. And then the complete opposite for Penn State. They start out great last year. Yeah. And we think, oh, Penn State is here, and they're here to stay. And then uh, later in the season, just mm, just didn't yeah. have uh, what it took to compete in the Big Ten season. Um, and then they lose a couple of a, a couple of good uh, one on offense and, and pitching and Biazzi and uh, Bauer Sox there. All right, let's uh, get to Chris Webb, publisher of TenInnings.com. He's great. We'll talk to him coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast, courtesy of 1017 The Hammer. This is the Big Baseball Podcast. Kyle Charters, excited as always. Our first three-time guest, I think, Chris Webb, the publisher of 10innings.com, the godfather of coverage of Big Ten Baseball. Uh, hey, Chris, happy to have you back on. It's a pleasure. I mean, that, that's that's quite the introduction. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I knew once Michigan had the run that I couldn't be the leadoff guy this year. You know, definitely want to give Eric Backage his, his spotlight, but I'll gladly be the, the first three-time. And knock on wood, um, you guys like me enough to go four times. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and, and batting numbers two in a lineup is not bad, Chris. Don't don't feel bad for that. You you can bunt the runner over. Uh, so, hey, um, you know, it was a great season last year for Big Ten baseball. We know that. I mean, Michigan highlighted the whole thing, I think, for, for everyone with the Wolverines run. What does the league do now for an encore in 2020 to try to keep up the momentum that was started, what, five, six, seven, maybe a decade ago, that it has largely been able to keep up every year since then? Yeah, that, that's uh, that's the the biggest question, but I think it, it's a question that has a lot of optimism and excitement to it where yeah, you mentioned seven, eight years ago that the Dream Team of Purdue in 2012, I think that that year with Nebraska joining the conference, um, there were good teams, the big team before that. Um, you go to 2009, there was three teams in the regional, 2007 as well, but the sustained success really kind of kicked off in 2012. So, you know, the the 2010s and the teams here, that was kind of the, really the, the Big Ten saying, hey, kind of pay attention to us. And I think the way that last year ended with Michigan, you know, one game away from being national champions, 
they're returning quite a good core that has them in the top 10 in preseason. And I think what is next for the Big Ten, um, you know, there's just a lot of luck and things that's going the right way throughout the NCAA tournament to get to where Michigan did and take nothing away from, you know, Eric Backage and, you know, Tommy Henry had an incredible postseason, so did Carl Kaufman and Jordan Wogu, but so when it's, it's not necessarily, all right, we're going to get a team back in that, in that um, CSW finals, yeah. but I think the next step is multiple regional hosts in the Big Ten. And I think that's something where this year sets up really well for it. And I think that's kind of really the next step forward for the conference. It's, you know, um, 2015 Illinois national seed, they host 2018 Minnesota, but there's never been a year where there's been multiple Big Ten hosts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the next step, the next evolution where you get multiple hosts, you get a greater chance of getting multiple teams in Super Regionals, which ultimately, you know, you want that way from Omaha. So, you know, credit what Michigan did, you know, brought a ton of attention right for the conference as a whole. But I think the next step isn't just a one team thing, it's the, the collective conference. So, okay, there's an Ann Arbor Regional and a Columbus Regional or Minneapolis. Right in a um, college park regional. So I think that that's where things are trending. I think this is really a good year to let potentially happen. I mean, it can help with selection, right? I mean, just the perception of the league being better, uh, not only by, I think, opponents, by coaches of other teams or coaches of teams in the South, but just the general feeling, you know, from um, from baseball in general, that, that the league is a solid league that's deserving of, of teams getting bids. Now, I, I know they say resumes are resumes and all that, but I, I never think the perception hurts, right? I mean, no. certainly if, if you've got a team like what Michigan did last year, it just helps the general perception, and it helps toward the goal you're talking about to get multiple teams to be hosts. Right, and if you look at last year, Michigan was one of the last four teams in, and yeah. they were one of the last four teams in just because you know they had a tough run where you know they had a – Weekend series at Nebraska, they lost. They had a you know weekend series at the Champions, um, Indiana, they lost. And then, you know, they go to the Big Ten tournament. You know, that's that's a meat grinder these days. So, it, I think to your point of perception, you know, if, if a team in the SEC, ACC, you know, if it went two and four, two or five of last week, and you know, it's not ideal, but you're not thinking, you know, wow, this it's a bad team. Where I think that has been a bit of a perception of late, especially mm-hmm. with Michigan. It happened in 2017 as well, where. You don't say that they backdoor their way in, but just you're looking at the last ten, and you're like, oh well, maybe that's not really a good team. And it's like, no, it was. See what they did once they got into the tournament. So I do. I think perception does matter. And 2019 was the third time in five years where five Big Ten teams got in. So I think just perception matters, but also the, what um, the conference has done. It merits just a more look than superficial. You know, what did you do in your last ten or your last two weeks? And give them a bit of the doubt because it is a pretty deep conference these days. Yeah. You know, there's definitely depth. It, you know, it'll be Michigan, uh, again, will be among the teams at the top, though the Wolverines certainly lose a lot. You mentioned a couple of the names and the, the two guys at the top of the rotation and Henry and Kaufman and uh, you lose Jordan Brewer, obviously, and Jimmy Kerr and Keo Thomas, who, you know, when he was healthy, really made a difference, I think, in that lineup. But Michigan has some pieces still. Do you feel like the Wolverines can... I mean, it'd be, it's, it's hard to say maintain, right? I mean, it came within a game, right. but that they can be competitive again and, you know, put themselves in a position to where they can get in the NCAA tournament and see if things fall their way again. Yeah, I do. And, and I know what's, what's, I guess, you have to take a step back two years ago where, you know, Jeff Crystal, who's a pretty solid prospect coming in, but 
there was a pitcher, uh, Big Ben Dragani, who was that third part of the rotation with Kaufman and, and Henry. He was lost last year at Tommy John, so yeah. he's back there with, with Chris Well. And I think what I really like about Michigan is that they're strong up the middle. Um, they do lose a Kale Thomas, but you know uh, they bring back Joe Donovan behind the plate, Jack Blomgren at shortstop, Jesse Franklin, who missed the first few weeks. He has a broken white coll- a broken right collarbone, but you know he'll be back, and he's probably one of the Big Ten's six best prospects. Um, so there is, yeah, there's some big pieces. And when you lose two pitchers in the top 75 picks, that's you know, pretty big hole in your reaching rotation. But, you know, there's enough. And, you know, Jordan Wogu is, you know, arguably the most dangerous hitter in the entire conference. So, yeah, there's, um, so it's, yeah, it's, as far as sustaining, it's like, well, you know, yes, look, I would, every, every big 10 team would you know, love to be able to sustain going out west and knocking up the number one national seed. But, um, I think more so with Michigan, they're, they should have no issue continuing to be, um, or consistently being throughout throughout the entire season a top twenty, top twenty five team, and then it's okay, you know, where where is that pitching depth? Um, come May and June, when you do have to match up against you know a team that has a true one two three as well. So there's some holes. Um, the back end, um, Willie Weiss will also be out for a few weeks there, the close they had last year. So, you know, how does that evolve? But um, I, I think just what the country saw last year, um, in that Omaha run was just how Eric Backage manages the team, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you know the listeners got a glimpse of that last week and. Just to the point where you just you're not doubting that guy. You know he's gonna get those guys ready, and you know I think it's Team 154 up there, and they're going to do everything they can to be the best Team 154. Talking to Chris Webb, the publisher of TenInnings.com on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 101.7 The Hammer. Let's talk some other teams that I think will compete at the top of the league. Ohio State is a team to me that's one to watch because uh, Chris of that that pitching that's now a year older. I mean, that's a good weekend rotation. You throw those three guys out there, and I, I, I think, you know, you have to feel like they stand up against just about everybody. Oh, yeah. No, they return 280 innings from the weekend rotation last year um, with Seth Lonsway, a draft eligible sophomore, redshirt sophomore, uh, Garrett Burren, a true sophomore, and Griffith Smith, uh, a junior. And, you know, this time last year, Greg Bills had no idea who he was going to get because he had to replace all three weekend starters. Yeah. So. You know, those guys stepped in, did a great job. And, yeah, well, you know, Seth Lonsway is the top five prospect in the Big Ten potential, you know, top three, top four-round draft pick there, plus curveball, 92-94. He has a lively arm. You know, Garrett Burr and what he did last year as a freshman, it's just, it was pretty remarkable, just the consistency. There wasn't, you know, too many ups and downs. Um, really good right-handed pitcher there. And then Griffith Smith, I think, is really the, the key. Um, Burren's going to get a lot of attention, so is Lonsway, but – you know, Griffith Smith as a Sunday guy, that's pretty tough to beat in the Big Ten. Um, you know, even last year, just what Michigan was able to do with Chris, so he he may not have been as consistent as Griffith Smith was. So, so yeah, you mentioned Ohio State. Um, they're ranked number 24 in the preseason by Baseball America, in large part due to that rotation. But behind the player on the receiving is, is Dylan Dingler, and he is the uh, Big Ten's top positional prospect and an incredible athlete. His freshman year, he actually split time between center field and catcher. Um, a right-handed bat that last year some power came late. He had a broken handmate bone, was out a few weeks, but he looks to be the um, the, the the true package, the true thing. You know, a well-rounded athlete. He runs a sub six six sixty-yard dash. So when you're looking at the star power, you know, Michigan they kind of had the household names, but the house State's right there, and yeah, that pitching staff is going to be really the uh, the key to what Gregsville teams can do. But then also there's a guy, um, the senior Noah West, who was lost last year to ACL surgery. Mm-hmm. Way back at shortstop, Zach Devento had a really good freshman year. He had 10 home runs at the hot corner. So, 
I think there's enough complementary parts there to go along with the Dingler. Um, Connor pulls back for a senior year at first base, um, another name to keep an eye on. So you know, Michigan may have the elite talent, but Ohio State steps right there. And you know, I think it's um, maybe a two-horse race. I mean, there's some things we probably get to, but I think, um, yeah, without question going to the year that Ohio State, um, this is their year, the best year it's been set up for them underneath Greg Bills. Yeah. You know, one of those other teams we should mention, I think, is one that we were talking a lot about last year at this time and, you know, sometimes shows you why you have to play out the season because not everything is as it seems on paper in the preseason. But we thought Minnesota was going to be really good and we thought the pitching was going to be just, you know, outstanding and, uh, you know, Max Meyer and, and Fredrickson and, and all those guys were, were going to, you know, just roll out there and, and mow people down. And I think Minnesota was hurt by the schedule a little bit. You know, it was really tough at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, a couple of guys get injured or fatigued and and it doesn't come together the way it does. Now, this year, I feel like Minnesota has, at least in the pitching staff, a lot of those same pieces. And we're not talking about the Gophers (laughs) as much. I think there's a chance for John Anderson's group to sort of maybe sneak up on some people as much as Minnesota can sneak up on some people. Right, and that's that's actually probably... um just pivot off Ohio State, it's probably like the cautionary tale. is <laughs> you no, know, um, hey, everything's low ground paper every week in rotation, but yeah. you got to play the games. And, yeah, this time last year, it's like, okay, you know, Minnesota, you think, wow, um, you have the parts to, to repeat. And, and you mentioned, um, I think the big thing with, with, with them was just Patrick Ferguson just, you know, being inconsistent, and he was down for a little bit. And just, you know, he was freshman of the year and big 10 pitch of the year two years ago. So when you have him, you think he's going to be the top of the rotation. Um, they won this last year, one in Max Meyer to – continue his role as a closer and also to DH a little bit, get his bat in the field. And the way things shook out, you know, they just needed him in the rotation um, yeah. as they try to get purchasing back. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's – I mean, uh, Ohio State's three, you know, they did their job last year. But if you're looking just as far as what Minnesota can do, I mean, it, when, it, when if they're on, it, it's – I don't think it's comparable in the conference. Um, you know, Max Meyer, top 25 draft prospect in the entire country, 97, 98, 99 with a wipeout slider. Right, mm-hmm. just going to say he's back healthy. I mean, yeah, just take a moment to appreciate that. You know, this <laughs> six foot guy that he's not imposing at all, but it's just it's a big league slider, and you know he's had great success for two years. Um, but you know he's back, and then you know Fredrickson, they they did a few things with his arm rotation or his arm motion to get him a little quicker to the ball, getting a little more consistent with the breaking ball. So they're confident with where he is. Um, but I mean, it goes beyond them. It goes to Sam Dorson, and there's coaches who say he has the best stuff. I mean, just a true power arm that. Yeah, kind of grip it and rip it. Um, Bubba Horton's another guy on that staff. So it's it's Ryan Duffy. It just it goes on and on where it's like this is Anderson's best staff that I he may say you no know, he's ever had. And you know he's been there 37 years now. But at least as far as I covered it, um, you know if Ferguson if Ferguson is back, um, you know, he's throwing a Josh Culliver there, it's it's pretty deep. Um, but I think the thing that is to be determined. You know, will they hit? And you look at last year, um, they just they lost a lot of, I, I think just uh, they lost a lot as far as their plate approach last year. Mm-hmm. When you lose the Micah Coffees, you lose the the Pedersen, you right. lose the Alex um, Boxwells, and even though the numbers weren't great in, in outstanding in 2018, they just had this presence of being three or four year starters that needed to get you know needed to do what they needed to do. And you know, obviously, Terrence Barber had a you know claim for the Big Ten Player of the Year that year as well. So. Um, there was just a lot, um, a lot of young guys needed to step up, and they just, you know, you can never predict or know when the light bulb's going to go on or going to go off. But uh, talks to the Gopher staff, they're very confident um, this year, more so than last year, um, taking away the pitch in that depth. 
they just feel that the, the offense and the lineup's in a better spot to be able to withstand, you know, um, the rigors of Minnesota's schedule. And it, it, it was tough last year. You know, Dallas Baptist, NC State, uh, they went to Long Beach, and they had a, a, a good tournament in Seattle against Oregon State and Washington and another. But, you know, this year it's, it's, it's TCU, it's Texas Tech. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not a – not a, a let up from from this year, no. but um, I think that that um, they're a little more battle tested, and I think um, they may have some lumps in the non conference, but you know it's going to be a team that come Big Ten play um, this year well tested and ready to go. I feel like you can throw Illinois and Indiana sort of in the same category a little bit. Maybe both those programs have had so much success here recently, and both of them are going to be replacing a lot uh, this year. Do you look at those two teams the same way? Yeah, I, I think um, they would. I guess I, I think those three, um, the first three we spoke about, Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota, they may, may be at the top tier. And you do have like the Indiana. Um, I would maybe throw an Iowa there as well. Um, Iowa's yeah. a little more back, but I'm um, some, some few questions. But I, when we spoke to, you know, kind of given programs that didn't have the doubt come in say, a tournament, I think you, you just kind of have to go with that with Illinois these days. And, you know, with what Dan Hartlip has been or do now for 13 years, just he finds ways, you know, to, to get a competitive team. So, um, they do need to replace a lot um, in the rotation, but you know they got Garrett Acton, who tied the Big Ten single saves record last year. You know he's back at the back end. That Ty Weber has been a three-year starter for them, probably the rotation and big guy you can count on for six innings. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of okay, who's replacing the Michael Massey? You know at second base, um, who for three years was everything you'd want out of a top of the order guy, really solid glove. Um, the Ben Troyke as well, they lost their, their shortstop, so. Kind of more so with Illinois, it's kind of where they lost those holes, you know, in the field and the lineup that there's a little more questions where with Indiana, you know, they lost Matt Lloyd, they lost Matt Gorski. Those are two impact players they lost, but they have a Cole Barr back. They have a um, Elijah Dunham back. Um, they have a Jeremy Houston back at shortstop. So um, I don't think there's as many unknowns and critical positions. Uh, well, and then I say that no one Indiana is going to play their entire week rotation. So <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not a Paulie Mills hole, you know, Andrew Saul Frank. Yeah. But I just, I trust um, just the, the mentality that um, Jeff Mercer has had and just kind of how his clubs have been built. Very physical, very aggressive. Um, they have enough back where I think they can stay ab- above water and be pretty competitive. Um, but I think Illinois, um, maybe just a, a little step back, but yeah, I would lump those two together. Probably I'm also Illinois just as far as, you know, things line up right and, you know, never count them out, but, um, just where we have, where we are right now with some of the holes that they, those two clubs need to replace, uh, kind of wait and see if, if they can't have the right guys step up. Yeah. The Iowa Hawkeyes need to stay healthy too. That would be, uh, a key for Rick Heller's group because man, they had so many injuries, to some critical guys last year. Still were able to put together an okay season, but just difficult to do when you have uh, that many injuries to important guys, whether they be in the rotation or the lineup or or what have you. We'll see if they're able to stay healthy a little bit more this year. You know, Chris, when, when you get a new coach, generally it's because your team has been down and been down for a couple of years and you need a spark and you got to do something different. That's not the story at Nebraska, right? I mean, you know, Will Bolt comes in there and he, he takes over for a program that is a winning program. And arguably, I think Nebraska last year might have had the deepest roster of anyone in the Big Ten. You know, he steps into a spot, you know, taking over for Darren Erstad where, you know, the expectation level should be pretty high for that Cornhusker team. 
Yeah, it's you know there there are three uh, coaching changes in the Big Ten, and all three are just at very different yeah. almost levels, but just different different places. And yeah, Erstad retires coming off of a in say regional team, two years removed from a Big Ten championship team. So, um, you know, Will Bolt walks into a pretty good situation. And, you know, he himself being a, a Nebraska you know alumni and taking that team to the College World Series in two thousand and two, he knows exactly what that environment of culture is. So. Um, just as far as some of the tangibles, I think Will's a perfect fit for it. But yeah, when you look at the roster, um, you know, Aaron Polinski is back. He's kind of the, the the linchpin in that lineup. Had a really good sophomore year. Um, a JUCO transfer last year, batted 320, had seven home runs. Um, there's a guy I like, uh, Spencer Swallenbach. He played. Uh, he was a bit banged up last year, so he played actually everywhere. He had a. He ended up needing elbow surgery at the end of last year so um in june after the season was done but he came into nebraska as a elite two-way player so um really good shortstop really good um electric arm on the, on the mm-hmm. mound as a right-handed pitcher so they're going to get him back on the mound for the first time you know he had a pretty good year as a freshman um kind of playing all over the diamond but yeah colby gomez is another guy there that you, you see a bit into so um yeah he's by no means walking into uh, a situation with, with the with the bear cupboard i think the one thing that just maybe has Nebraska a step behind is that years ago, Ursa got burned a couple of times with um, two players that ended up being draft picks. And, it, you know, first that was brand new to the college game, kind of understanding how to recruit with the oversigning inability. Right. Um, and over time, it seemed like he kind of took, took a little step back from those draft risks. Um, we lost uh, Monty Harrison and Jackson Reed. Um, But he does have a star, actually I believe in Spencer Swallenbach. So, yeah, I think with Nebraska, they don't have the elite talent that some of the other programs have. But to your point of just that depth and consistency they had last year, I think um, that it's going to be more suitable to to both style. Where when he was an assistant under Urstad, 2012 to 14, there's just this workman, methodic, almost machine like a semi line just element to Nebraska's offense. Yeah. It was never it was never sit back three run home run. It also wasn't this team that stole a bunch of bases. It was just very fundamentally sound. Go to first to third, get the ball into a gap, execute, you know, a hit and run, a bunt if needed. And I think just based off of talent, based off of depth, you might get that back um, with Will Bolt. Put a lot of pressure on the opponents and, and then see how things turn out. So, you know, by no means uh, overlook Nebraska. Um, I do think they're just a, a little um, behind that, that, that top tier um, or two, but they're going to be in the mix for a top eight spot and just with both mentality. I think just that program, um, they're going to be a feisty out for anybody. With Chris Webb, the publisher of 10 innings.com here on the big baseball podcast. Okay. So of those other teams that we haven't really mentioned or talked a lot about, there are things to like, right? I mean, like, you know, Maryland, you like the offense, especially in that home park Rutgers, uh, you know, you like that pitching staff and, and maybe it's ability to, to keep the Scarlet Knights in some games. What, you know, of those teams, maybe Maryland, Rutgers, Purdue, uh, Michigan State, I'm going to leave somebody important out, Penn State, I uh, hope I mentioned everybody. You know, what uh, What team maybe there are, are, are you looking at as saying, you know, this is a team that maybe could surprise, and while it might not win the league, get itself so it's a, a player in the league in the second half of the season? Yeah, and it, it's going to be the one team you didn't mention, um, Northwestern. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just like, no, but not to pick on you, but, you know, I, I think just if people have followed the Big Ten, um, whenever Spencer Allen, just when he's involved with the program, he just takes it to a different level. And, mm-hmm. you know, Northwestern last year, they finished 24 and 27, um, 
eleven and thirteen, but they went to the final week in in six, I think, and it it, it took a sweep at the hands of Minnesota and then Maryland sweep at Iowa to, to knock them out, but of the Big Ten tournament. But they bring a good bit back. Um, Mike Do- Mike Doherty um, had a great year as a freshman. They have um, he'll round a rotation with Ryan Bader and Quinn Lavelle, and those both of those two had showed flashes that as underclassmen. So. Um, you mentioned Rutgers and Rutgers. I think um, they have a top four rotation with with Kevin Murray, Harry Rutowski, and um, Tommy Genuaro. Uh, but I think Northwestern, um, not top four, top five, but just a very solid rotation. And then you look, um, they have a David Dunn back, a Sean Gusenberg. I know Spencer Allen's just impressed with how they've just kind of taken to the field this year with being one game shy of last year and just using that as fuel. So. Um, San Lawrence has been around the block a couple of times with Big Ten. He'll be a, a senior at the back end of their um, bullpen. They like a guy, Charlie Maxwell, um, who's new to the program. So it, it's if you're trying to find a dark horse, you know I think Northwestern's one. But if you're looking at a team that you know it isn't being listed with the Ohio State's, Michigan's, uh, Minnesota's, I, I would go with Rutgers, and I would not be yeah. surprised if you know, Steve Owens in his first year he has them in the top five. Just I mentioned that rotation, wow. but. It's also um, they're, they're pretty solid all the way around the field. Um, they have Chris Brito, who had a really good year as a mm-hmm. freshman last year at first base, can go to third base if needed. Um, at shortstop, they bring back Dan DiGiorgio. He was an All Freshman um, player last year, but he missed all, or two years ago, but he missed all of last year with an ACL injury. Um, so he'll be back. Uh, Kevin Welsh at second base, going into his senior year, a very steady player there. So you know, I think Rutgers. Um, has a good chance to surprise some people and you know Mike Nice starts probably their best hitter. He's gonna lead off that on um, that lineup and add some veteran presence and do a good job. So and I have heard just so many great things of Steve Owens as well. Just his time in Bryant. You know, he played quite a few Big Ten programs um when he was there and always seemed to do well. Um had a couple of forty win seasons not too long ago at Bryant and um I think Joel Terrio got that program in a really good spot to go forward and uh, maybe it just takes that extra energy from a new phase uh fit things a little differently. Um you know, yeah. to, to implement a few things differently. But I, I think Rutgers, um, for people on the outside, it may surprise them where they finished the Big Ten this year. Can't believe I forgot my guy, Spencer Allen. Man, that, <laughs> that hurts. I, Former I, Purdue assistant, too. I, I know. I was, man. And he, he has a – you know, when he gets on, ask him about the recruiting story of how he got Cameron Perkins to, to uh, West Lafayette. Okay. I'll do that. It sounds like a good story. Uh, and a good result for Purdue, <laughs> to say the least. Yes, yes. All right, give me uh, give me one series that you're watching this weekend because there are some good ones as we open the season. Yeah, I, you know it's 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 tough to to ask for something better than last year's you know rematch of the Calder Series final. Yeah. So, um, you have the MLB Collegiate uh, Baseball Tournament, Michigan, Vanderbilt, Cal Poly, and Connecticut, and you know and obviously you have the Vanderbilt Michigan thing, but you know Cal Poly is a really good program and. They have a shortstop, Brooks Lee, who has a chance to be a national freshman in the year. But within that weekend, Michigan has a Saturday matinee contest at Arizona State. So we can see our good friend Tracy Smith there with the Sun Devils, <laughs> and they're a top-five team with um, Spencer Torkelson. I think he is a top prospect in the, in the draft coming up, um, power-hitting right uh, first baseman. So, yeah. you know, so, so that's that's going to be the one that has a lot of attention. Um, but, you know, you look around, it, it's going to be a good weekend all the way through. Um I think that there's going to be, a, I don't say a lot to be determined, but, you know, if Indiana can go down to LSU and, and take one, take two, I mean, with how many new faces they have, that's going to be a pretty big result for them. So, yeah. you know, I would say that MLB 4, um, Cleveland Tournament, but 
for a true series, um, Indiana at LSU, Alex Box Stadium. Yeah, that's be pretty fun. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hey, Chris, appreciate the time as always. Um, we love having you on the show, and we'll talk to you again later. Thank you. Um, and, and I just wanted to um, say that with the growth of the Big Ten and what's going on, you, know, you guys are doing a great job. And, you know, things like this to bring more awareness to it, um, get coaches an opportunity to kind of share their voice, share their stories. So, you know, for somebody who's, who's seen it when, you know, these things weren't out there, you know, I appreciate it. But also I know players, fans, coaches, mom, dad, other media also. So thank you, guys. Hey, uh, that means a lot, Chris. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, guys. And thanks again to ChrisWebb10Innings.com for coming on the show. His third appearance. He leads the way. On the podcast. <laughs> Kyle Charters, Drew Charters on the Big Baseball Podcast. Okay, let's take a look at five of the series for this opening weekend, Drew. I, I asked Chris the same thing. It is hard to get away from Michigan against Vanderbilt, right? In an, in an opening game, as it just turns out, the two teams that played yeah. for the College World Series last year will open again at the MLB for Collegiate Baseball Tournament. Uh, should be a great one. Yeah, and remember that uh, Michigan beat Vanderbilt in game number one of that College World Series, so so Vandy had to win two straight. Mm-hmm. Michigan uh, certainly made it a uh, a series, uh, and Jeff Criswell will will be on the mound for the Wolverines for this for this game one against Vanderbilt. So he jumps right back in and, and tested early uh, for the Wolverines. It's going to be exciting to watch. They go on to play Cal Poly, uh, and then they have another ranked team at number nine, Arizona State. And then UConn to finish out that weekend. Yeah, it's a pretty good weekend yeah. for Michigan, to say the least. Minnesota opens and the Angels College Classic, and they open against a, an opponent familiar to us, Drew, and that being Mark Wazikowski and Oregon. Uh, Max Meyer getting that ball on uh, on opening day for the Gophers. Yeah, how about that for Mark Wazikowski's first game as the coach of the Oregon Ducks? He gets to face a familiar foe. Uh, in Max Meyer, he's he's uh, extremely uh, familiar with Max Meyer and the Minnesota team. Uh, and then uh, Minnesota will take on Pepperdine after that, San Diego and Arizona uh, to finish out that weekend. Indiana and LSU down at LSU. The Tigers ranked, I think, what, 11th? Is that right? Yeah. Um, so Indiana, I mean, a lot to replace everywhere, right? I mean, offensively, defensively on the hill in particular, and it's going down there. I'll be interested to see, can Indiana take a game at LSU? Take a game, take two? I mean, two would be crazy, but if they could go down there and win a game, I think if you're an Indiana fan, you would have to be pleased with that. Yes, absolutely. You you know, if you're Jeff Mercer, you're looking around for Pauly Milto and Andrew Solfrank <laughs> saying, where are you? Yeah. Where are you? And they're nowhere here on this Indiana team, so a, a tough one right out of the gate for the Hoosiers. All right, Nebraska and Baylor and Waco at the – wait a minute. Uh, is that – no, no. At, in Waco, just a set. Yep. Nebraska at Baylor. Uh, that should be a good series. Yeah, Baylor's got to be a good program. They are not ranked uh, as of right now, but uh, a, a good matchup for Nebraska. Will Bolt gets right into it. Uh, you know, not your traditional uh, tourney where you're playing four different teams. Right into it as a three-game set uh, against Baylor. And uh, Purdue and Hofstra, we mentioned that one. I'll be down there. You know, curious to see Purdue. I, they've got a lot of newcomers. Greg Goff in his first year as the head coach, though he's been with the program for a couple of years. Purdue is actually the host team in Stanford. So 
uh, Stanford, Florida, that is, uh, a host uh, down there. So an opportunity for the Boilermakers against, you know, uh, another northern team. So we'll see. Uh, Purdue going down there a little bit early to try to, you know, probably get some outdoor practices on the field down there and see if the Boilermakers, you know, the pitching should be good uh, for Purdue. You know, we'll see about the rest of that lineup for the Boilermakers and see if Purdue can get off to a good start. Can Purdue find some power? There's 11 home runs last year. Yeah, I don't know. Power in the lineup. It's a good question. We've got a lot of questions about a lot of these teams. We'll uh, we'll be here to help answer those. Okay, that'll do it for our show for this week. The the plan, of course, always podcasts drop about mid-morning on Tuesdays. Uh, We thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for telling a friend about us as well. That is much appreciated. All right, that'll be our podcast for uh, this one as we open the season this week. For Drew Charters, I'm Kyle Charters, and thanks to Chris Webb. As always, this is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. You're out!